your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Golden Knights podcast. I'm Jack Manning. I'm AJ Alexander. And it is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. And last night, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the LA Kings 4-1. to AJ, tell me, what did you think of last night's game? I thought it was really impressive. Um, you saw a lot out of really players that are gaining momentum more and more as time goes on. I think Tomas Nosek looked fantastic. I think Nick Haig looked great thought Cody Glass had maybe his best game of the season. We'll talk about all of this as the show goes on, but let's jump right into the first period. Yeah, the first period started out a little bit slow. Obviously, the LA Kings came out and got their first goal uh, without much resistance from, from the Vegas Golden Knights, found themselves down in the first 10 minutes of the first period. What did you see on that first goal? Rather uneventful first half of the period, like you mentioned, and Vegas had their opportunities in the second half of the period, but overall, the Kings won the period, in my opinion, regardless of the score. Even if it was 0-0, they clearly played better, but as far as the goal goes, it's not on Leonard, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think that first goal can be blamed on Robin Leonard whatsoever. And if I'm being honest, I have been very pleasantly surprised with how well Robin Leonard has played in his three games since coming back. He's sitting on roughly a 940 save percentage, has won all three games, and for the first time this season has looked like the starting goaltender that he can be and that he was paid to be when he signed his five-year extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. Not to say that he's going to steal the net from Marc-Andre Fleury or that Marc-Andre Fleury is about to give up the net or that he's struggling. Just that all of a sudden, the Vegas Golden Knights really do have what they were always looking for, two elite netminders, either of which can steal you a game. Definitely. Uh, Leonard was sharp when challenged, especially in the first period when Vegas was off to a slow start and LA was pushing. Those were some key stops, and he also had some impressive saves in the third period as well. Overall, looks like he's really regaining his confidence and his game. You mentioned Flurry. It was clarified that the fact that Oscar Dansk was the backup tonight was purely to give Fleury the complete night off, which I, I think is a wise decision, especially after he he actually played the last two games. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I can't imagine it would be very much fun for a, an elite goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury to ride pine while he's watching his tandem partner, 10 net, and there's not going to be much likelihood that, that he gets in the game. And I'm sure that he would appreciate a few extra hours with his kids and wife. Another theme in the post-game press conference was mentioning that the team actually recognized that they had a slow start in the first period, and they didn't want this to be a theme. They wanted to get ahead of the team before it got out of hand, and they certainly did that in the second period. You're exactly right. Just four minutes and four seconds into the period, uh, Riley Smith was able to bury a goal. What did you see on that play? With his backhand goal on that power play, he actually mentioned in the post-game press conference, much like the Martinez goal, which we'll get to a little bit later, it was just a matter of cleaning up trash. The net front presence was there. That's something that, dating back to the bubble, wasn't there, especially during the power play. Over the course of this season, we've seen it get better and better, and it helped all night, including on this one. 
I, I think that's exactly right. And and what's been really fun to watch is, is that a number of guys are becoming that net front presence. Mark Stone can do it. Alex Tuck can do it. Cody Glass can do it. And you're even seeing it happen on the fourth line. We've right. we've seen goals from both Thomas Nosek and from Ryan Reeves deflecting goals down low, battling down low, and, and getting rewarded for it. I don't know about you, but I don't particularly need to see every highlight fancy goal. Sometimes I'm happy to watch them just bang in some garbage. I mean, grimy goals are the name of the game in the playoffs. Am I right? And that was another theme tonight. I saw so many puck battles won by Vegas because of hustle and actually outworking the opponent and included in those players that really worked hard tonight in the grimy, dirty areas of the game. That was Cody Glass and... We're going to go down a deep dive with his game right after the break. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional auto parts chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so why not shop at rockauto.com? rockauto.com is the family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto body and parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic car your daily driver get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available to your car or truck Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Again, they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just before the break, we promised that we would talk about Cody Glass's game on Monday evening. AJ, Cody Glass, to me, looked like a much improved player, a guy that got a little bit of rest, a guy that looked like he was ready to to be a contributor. What did you see out of Cody Glass on Monday night? He looked so much better. This was one of his best games, in my opinion. And actually, Jonathan Marcheseau said the same thing in the post-game press conference. He just looked a lot more confident, a lot stronger on the puck. He, he just looked fantastic. Yeah, what I saw out of Cody Glass was that he remembered, maybe for the first time all season, that he can be an elite playmaker and can make elite plays in all three zones. When he was on the ice, he controlled most of the play. When he was on the ice, they controlled 70% of the shot attempts. They controlled 85% of the high danger uh, chances. Ultimately, Cody Glass was excellent tonight all over the ice. He was a difference maker tonight. Yeah, I agree. The big theme throughout the press conferences after the game was that Glass brought big energy. I don't think that Martinez goal happens without Cody Glass in the third period. We'll get there. But Pete DeBoer talked about it. Glass had energy tonight. It was nice to see. And then right after that, he mentioned the schedule is an absolutely tough grind. Sitting may have well helped him and 
he had good legs tonight and had a lot of jump. Yeah, absolutely. Even though he didn't make it onto the score sheet, you, you touched on this. He made a play at the blue line, which ultimately led to the goal sco- scored by Alec Martinez. And had things gone just a little bit differently, Keegan Kolazar could have fed that puck that ultimately went to Martinez right out to Glass and could have gotten his first even strength goal of the year. Cody Glass was making plays tonight. Later on in that period, though, Tomas Nosek. Yeah, Thomas Nosek has been outstanding. And he's actually got four goals on the year, two of which are actually against the Kings. Yeah, the the Kingslayer is in the building. Tomas Nosek (laughs) uh, looking like Jamie Lannister himself. Going back to the themes of the night, a lot of the questions in the postgame referred to Nosek really overcoming what has been a, a really rough calendar year for him. He came down with COVID. His family came down with COVID. He had a child. Pete DeBoer said he had a fantastic training camp and he was really looking forward to him carrying that momentum into the season. It took him a while to find his legs and he certainly has really looked impressive lately. In fact, he does everything so well. He can fit in center. He can fit at wing. He can win faceoffs for you. You can put him anywhere. He's a Swiss army knife and he's only getting better. If nothing else, Thomas Nosek is a guy that can fill in up and down the lineup when he's needed. Thomas Nosek can even do some spot work on the second line if you need him to. He's a guy that is valuable and continues to be one of the original misfits that probably took a discount to sign in Vegas this year. Thomas Nosek could be an essential piece to a cup contending team. He's got such a versatile skill set. Absolutely. Speaking of players that have looked better lately, William Carrier actually set that goal up with his hustle. Just going back to outworking the other team, William Carrier used his speed to outwork and outhustle the other defender, get the puck, and actually set up White Cloud for an easy pass to Nosek for that goal. Just really good to see Carrier on a bit of a rebound as well. You know, I, I hate to, to rain on the parade a little bit, but I do have to note that while both Carrier and Nosek looked great tonight. Again, I thought that Ryan Reeves was more or less invisible. Um, what parade are you raining on here? I'm curious. I don't I don't think there are many Reeves defenders out there right now. No, I, you're absolutely right. I guess we've just been blowing sunshine a little bit <laughs> around about the, uh, the various players on the team after a, a huge win, a uh, 4-1 win. But if there was one weak link on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, You'd have to say that it's Ryan Reeves. I thought you got a great performance out of six defensemen. I thought you had 11 forwards that really put out a great effort and great results. But Ryan Reeves continues to be a $1.7 million drag on this team. And I have to wonder if the Vegas Golden Knights do see an opportunity to add a little bit at the trade deadline. If moving out Ryan Reeves, even at the cost of a pick, or waiving him to save $1.25 million against the cap might be a solution that they finally bring themselves to make. We will finish recapping this game, but hold on a second, because I have got to ask you, why does it feel as if there's a protective bubble over him, a no-trade protective bubble over Ryan Reeves, set by a one Mr. George McPhee? Because... For some reason, and maybe it's just me and a few thousand fans that feel like McPhee or McCrimmon never trade Ryan Reeves, that he's a George McPhee boy, if you will. Well, any thoughts on that? Or is this are we really thinking that the front office is going to go full savage mode and just do what it needs to do? 
Well, do I think that they're going to trade Ryan Reeves? No, I, I don't think they're going to trade Ryan Reeves. And I think the biggest reason for that is who would trade for Ryan Reeves right now without Fair. asking for quite a bit in return. I think overthought that one a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> now, that being said, I do think there's a, a pretty reasonable argument for waiving him because I think there's a pretty low chance that he'd be claimed. And that would still leave him in the organization to come and assist in the playoffs. But even if he wasn't available for the playoffs... Does anyone really think that the Vegas Golden Knights, as the second heaviest team in the league, with guys like Keegan Colazar and William Carrier available to fill that enforcer that enforcer vibe, does anyone really think that Ryan Reeves is going to be the difference between cup win and, and cup loss? I, I just don't think they do. Maybe they did two years ago, three years ago, when they initially traded for Ryan Reeves. But now when he's behind the play, when he's not contributing on the score sheet, and he's not really making a difference in any game, I have a really hard time believing that they're going to continue to protect him as they did. At one point, he was a necessary component for the playoffs, and I just think that time has passed. At the end of the day, you're right. Ryan Reeves is probably not going anywhere, and maybe he finishes his career in Henderson, or maybe he changes his career to something in the ring, perhaps. But getting back into that second period, though, Nick Haig with his fourth goal on the year with the half-clapper. Yeah, that's right. It's become a regular staple for the Vegas Golden Knights recently to have a couple of guys behind the net, a couple of forwards digging it out behind the net, throwing it out to the high slot for a defenseman to, to rocket it home. And that's exactly what Haig was able to do going uh, off the post and in. And this is really starting to look like the, the beginning of an offensive revolution for Nick Haig. He has become a regular offensive contributor for this team. And maybe what I've, what I've been most impressed with is that, is that he and Zach Whitecloud have continued to develop yes. alongside each other. On the one hand, on a game like tonight, you had Nick Haig looking like the better of the two. And just a game ago, it looked like, uh, like Whitecloud was the better of the two. And they, it's not a competition between them, but rather one continues to, to push the other one. And they look as if they are going to be a, a defensive pair that stays together for a decade to come. Both guys really seem to, to be all in for the team, seem to be all in for each other. And the offense that's coming for Nick Haig is because he knows that if he pinches in, if he's able to go just to the top of the circle and bury a shot, that if he doesn't bury it, that White Cloud's going to be there to clean things up for him. And at the same time, White Cloud seems to have been able to add to his offensive totals because he knows that Haig is going to do the exact same thing for him. It's been a really fascinating thing to watch. It's an ebb and flow. It's a yin and yang. But you're absolutely <laughs> right because... Again, we've seen this dating back to the Chicago Wolves days, which, you know, I say that making it sound as if that was four score and so many years ago. But just a short time ago, we saw this pair in the AHL and they looked fantastic. And the more savvy fans that watched that happen really wanted this pairing in the big leagues. And I'm so glad that we've been able to see it. And, you know, we've talked about should they be getting more minutes? Should they be the second pairing? But tonight especially during that second period you saw this team really just play defensive hockey they shut down the neutral zone they weren't necessarily going for offensive opportunities 
So when you've got four lines to roll, when you've got three pairings that you're confident in, no matter the situation, you can just shut down a team like L.A. Nick Haig is definitely the more offensive player between the two. But White Cloud is starting to get a little more flair offensively. He had an assist tonight. But with that being said, White Cloud being the, the more defensive player definitely allows Haig to be a little bit more confident to pinch when he feels the need to. And we've seen time and time again, dating back to his San Jose days, that Pete DeBoer likes getting his defensive men involved, whether it's the slap shots from the blue line or whether it's pinching in deep. He really likes to get them involved in. We are seeing guys like Coughlin and Haig and, of course, the big guys like Theodore and Martinez, who just might be the best defensive men on the team this year, by the way. We are seeing them. Whoa, hot take. Really? Do you think so? Alec Martinez being the best on the team? This season, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, you're right, but hot take. I don't think so anymore. I mean, again, he's on a bit of a streak. I don't know if it's been over the entire course of the year, but if you're going to count consistency, this was his actual 49th straight game with a blocked shot. And I think he had four in the first period alone. I'm pretty, and I'm almost positive that he's second in the league in block shots. He's looked really incredible. Just an absolute workhorse for this team. I paused you to say hot take only because <laughs> I haven't heard anyone say that before. But man, when, when I really think about it, I can't really argue with that. That, you know, Petrangelo hasn't quite lived up to that $9 million contract yet, mostly because of injuries. Uh, and... Shea Theodore has been very good, but he he has been at his best when he's with Alec Martinez, and Alec Martinez has added offense to his game. So you know what? I, I'm with you. I think that maybe Alec Martinez, to date, has been the best defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, I appreciate you agreeing, but at the same time, I think the spotlight really belongs on Nick Hague as far as the defenseman tonight. And again... A lot of talk was about players like Nick Haig just getting better and better as time goes on. I think his confidence has grown. He understands that he's not going to take slap shots in this league very often. This goal was kind of proof positive. He knew it was a bit of a half-clap situation as far as the time he had. But we are seeing him get better with his physicality get a little bit more comfortable using that size that he has besides the poke check that he used so often last year and in the AHL. We're seeing Nick Haig really develop into the player that everyone thought he could develop into uh, when he was drafted. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The The fact that the Vegas Golden Knights were able to pick up Nick Haig with a second round pick it is an absolute thievery. It's it's fantastic to, to see. And we're going to come back to talk about the third period of the Vegas Golden Knights win over the LA Kings right after these messages from our sponsors. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are available on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your online bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, you can get a 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
We've been telling you about the Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is an amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it's Built Bar Madness. You can go to BuiltBar.com or at BuiltBar on Twitter, and you can check out the competition between the different flavors of Built Bars. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting Built Bar ever. So the third period actually went by really fast. It may have even been played historically quickly, almost in real time. But what did happen there that was eventful, Alec Martinez with his fifth goal, Keegan Colazar with the assist, Shea Theodore with his 21st assist, but Cody Glass with the unassisted assist because he made an excellent move to move to actually keep the puck into the zone. Won't get credit for it, but all in all, Alec Martinez did a great job cleaning up the garbage, didn't he? Yeah, he cleaned up the garbage and got the guys out of out of the rink in record time, 24 minutes and change. And you're right, it was the fastest NHL period played in the last 50 years. Goodness. And so, you know, it, it couldn't have ended soon enough for the LA Kings, who <laughs> by that point had just been absolutely run out of the building. Uh, and Alec Martinez, you're exactly right, picked up a goal off of a really strong effort by Cody Glass, uh, set up by Keegan Colazar and Shea Theodore. Man, it, the, what that group was able to do w was a nice reward for a, a group that had played really well all game long. So we've got a little bit of a quick hit of news here. Tell us about Peter Deliberatore. Yeah, that's right. Peter Deliberatore just signed his entry-level contract today. It's a three-year entry-level contract and, and will very likely report to the Henderson Silver Knights sometime soon. And, and if you haven't already heard our interview with Peter Deliberatore uh, from a couple of weeks ago, go go up a couple of uh, slots on the, the podcast feed and check out that interview with him. He's a really good kid. Uh, and he describes himself to be uh, a, an offensive defenseman that models his game a, a lot after Nate Schmidt can really skate the puck well. It can really contribute in all three zones. I, I think there's a, an expectation that he's going to go to Henderson right away, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if he got a little bit of time uh, on the on the taxi squad to try and get acclimated to a new coach, to a new system, and to really understand what they're doing at the at the big club, and at the same time for to reward him for a really well-played season for Quinnipiac University. Uh, he got knocked out of the NCAA tournament uh, this past weekend, uh, despite the fact that he got a goal and assist in the only game that they played. Unfortunately, he j it just wasn't enough to, to keep Quinnipiac uh, in, in the tournament. But the other interesting thing fr from the weekend is that all of the Vegas Golden Knights prospects in the NCAA were knocked out of the tournament in just a couple of days. First, Oof. Brendan Brisson's uh, University of Michigan uh, was... Such a shame. Such a shame. Yeah, they were disqualified from the tournament due to a positive COVID test. Uh, meanwhile, uh, University of Wisconsin with friend of the show Ryder Donovan, they got knocked out in the first round. Uh, and then Isaiah Seville had a really tough game, let in seven goals uh, in their first game, and he would be knocked out of the tournament. And so... While each of the Vegas Golden Knights have been knocked out of the NCAA tournament, you saw some really good performances uh, fr 
especially from Peter Liberatore, a guy that is very likely, in my opinion, to be an NHL player in the not-too-distant future. I think that this is a guy that has uh, about as high of a floor as any defenseman in the system, and I think we'll be wow. playing third-pairing minutes in the not-too-distant future. Sounds really exciting, and obviously we'll be here to make sure you're abreast of every single detail along the way. Take us home, Jack. Yeah, so we'll be back tomorrow with more content all about the Vegas Golden Knights with more Locked on Golden Knights.